0: Hey friends, this is Josh Blair and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today, that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you could check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. We're continuing in the Gospel of Mark and uh, looking at the last section of chapter 9. Uh, before we get to chapter 10, which will be ne- next week. And ever since the confession of Peter in chapter eight, where he says that you are the Christ, he confesses, everything has fast forward and began to speed up through the remainder of the Gospel of Mark. And we see that uh, on his journey towards Jerusalem, knowing that uh, as Jesus marches every step closer, To Jerusalem, he is marching every step closer to the cross. And so as we see in these these last chapters of Mark, he is wanting his disciples, his church to know what the body of Christ should look like, how it should act, how it should respond. And he is teaching his disciples and us what he is desiring the community of Christ, the believers of Jesus to be a part of. And so we we see that we saw that last week as we discussed. Jesus is saying to the disciples who were arguing about who was the greatest, he said, look, if you want to be first, you have to be last of all, and you have to be servant of all. And Jesus was making sure that his disciples knew what this kingdom, his kingdom, was supposed to be about. It wasn't supposed to be about competition. It wasn't supposed to be about jealousy or, or, or ruling over others and saying, hey, we're up here, you're down here. He is, he is trying to show his disciples that, uh, the, as followers of Jesus, it's about serving one another. And if you're going to outdo anything uh, and outdo anyone, it's going to be in the service of them. At trying to, I'm going to outdo you in serving you, in loving you, in caring for you, in, in being a part of your life, and doing whatever I can do to help meet the needs that you have. And Jesus was saying here, my followers aren't going to look like the world where it's dog eat dog, whoever gets the, up the ladder faster and, and whoever gets stepped on in the process does not matter. Jesus is t- telling his disciples look, no, this is how life is going to be. If you want to be first, you have to be last of all and servant of all. It's radically different. He is saying, My disciples are going to be known not by their achievements, not by their drive. No, he wants his disciples to be known by their love and how they love each other and how they love the world around them. And so this next section of scripture, we're going to see how that plays out in the larger Christian community. So Jesus, in these last, ten, uh, last uh, eight chapters, he's going to be telling us, look, this is what my community should look like. This is what my body should look like. This is what the church should look like. And we begin to see that play out in chapter 9, starting in verse 42. And as you find your place there, either you're in the U-Version Bible app or if you have your Bible in front of you right now, turn to Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 42, and that's where we're going to begin. Before we get there, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open up the Scriptures to us. Holy Spirit, you are the one who comes to reveal Christ to us. So we ask, Holy Spirit, now that you would open our eyes to see Open our ears to hear what you have in store for us through this word, God. No matter how challenging it may be, I pray, God, that we would, we would receive it with open ears and open arms because it is your word, and your word is life to us, and we receive it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is about to give some clear instructions on what he wants his community of believers to care about. So Jesus is talking to us. So if you say that you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you call yourself a Christian, turn up the volume. Turn your ears on because Jesus is talking to you. He's talking to me. Verse 42 says this, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin or to stumble, it should be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, this statement needs some explanation. First, Jesus is making a very serious and very bold statement here that we need to take very seriously. Jesus is is saying, hey, look, in my community, in my body, if you cause one of these little ones to sin or to stumble... It would be better for you to have a millstone, a giant millstone that would be. The millstone he's talking about here is the size of ones that the donkeys would walk around in, and it would, it would grind up grain. He's saying that kind of stone that no man can move. It would, be, it would be better for you to have the stone, that kind of stone, tied around your neck and thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. And he's talking about here, last section, last week we talked about caring for the lowest in the community, the least of these And he is continuing to talk about that, but we need to note that Jesus, when he's talking about the little ones here, he's not just talking about children, although they could be included in this section, but he's actually talking about those who are new to the faith. He says, if you cause any one of these little ones who believe in me, so any of those who are brand new to the faith, if you cause them to stumble if you cause them, those who are brand new in putting their hope in me, brand new in putting their faith in me, if you cause them to stumble or to sin because of your actions, it would be better for you to be never seen again, to be thrown into the sea and never heard of again than to cause one of these little ones, these new ones in the faith, to stumble. This statement is setting the stage for what Jesus desires to see within the body of Christ, his church. He says this in verse 43. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than it is with two eyes to be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. All right, so there's, there needs to be some more explanation here. And first, let me say this: and if you hear if you hear anything, hear this right now. Jesus is not being literal here. He is not saying if you have sin in your life, stop start hacking off body parts, right? He's not saying, look, if your your hand literally causes you to sin, cut it off. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is speaking in hyperbole. And hyperbole means he exaggerates a point to draw our attention to it so that we would take it seriously, that we would would focus in on what he's saying. But he does not mean to take it literally. I mean, really, if, if it was easy to remove sin from your lives just by cutting off a body part, then I would do it. If sin was in my left hand or my right hand, my foot or my eye, and I could remove it from my life by cutting it off, then I would. But Jesus is not being literal here. He's, he's saying, look, sin is a deeper issue than that. And it's not work that you're going to do to solve it, but be mindful of it, how severe it is. He's, Jesus is wanting to point out the severity of sin in our lives and especially in his church, his body. He wants to draw our attention here to what Jesus is speaking about in the body of Christ. And if we look at the entirety of Scripture, we can look at Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 14, to see what the body of Christ should look like, how it's described to us. So if you'll turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to start reading in verse 14. He starts actually writing about the body in verse 12, but we're going to start in 14. And it says this, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. This ties into what we talked about last week when the disciples were talking about who's greatest. Who's greatest and when they tried to stop the unnamed exorcist because they didn't, he didn't follow them, right? And so there was saying thing, there's a hierarchy here. We're above you, you're below us. And, and Paul is reiterating that idea with saying, you know, just because you're, you think you're at a low level within the body of Christ, it doesn't mean that someone who's up teaching or leading worship or someone who's teaching uh, youth or children that they're greater than you, you have a part to play. This is what Paul is reiterating here in this passage of Scripture. He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would there be a sense of hearing? If the whole body uh, were an ear, it would be the sense of smell. But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If, it were, uh, if all were a single member, where would the body be? I love that he put that in there because he is saying it is not just about ourselves. We belong to each other. I've heard people say this before, and I'm sure that you have too, that yeah, it's just me and Jesus. I don't need anybody else. I don't, you know, I don't need the church. I'm just going to go, I'm going to be a recluse. I'm going to live in the mountains. I'm just going to be me and Jesus. Paul's saying here, no, you're not a part of the body of Christ unless you're a part of the body of Christ, the church. You are not a member all in yourself, the entire body. You need each other. And he says, as it is, verse 20, there are many parts but one body. Then he goes on to say this, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Now, when Paul is talking about weaker parts of the body, who is he talking about? If it connects back to what Jesus is saying here in chapter 9, it would imply that he is talking about those who are new to the faith. Those who are brand new, believers in Jesus, what we, what we would call, the old church would call babes in Christ, right? And I'm not like, like, whew, that's a babe, but I'm talking about people who are like brand new, right? He's saying those who are brand new to the faith, who we would consider, consider weaker in the faith because they don't know Scripture like some who are seasoned would. They don't know necessarily how to pray like some who are seasoned in the faith would. But, but Paul says, and Jesus says, they are indispensable. Why? Because they are the future of the church, and their lives matter, and the seed planted in their hearts matter, not only to Jesus, not only to the Father and the Holy Spirit, but also to the church. Paul says, those are those who seem to be weak are indispensable, and on those parts of the body, verse 23, that we think less honorable, we bestow with greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which... Our more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Paul is reiterating the words of Jesus in a different way, saying, Care for the weaker parts of the body. This is what he says in chapter 9. Jesus is telling his disciples, You want to be first? Be last. Care for those who are. Who are last care for those, serve those who you think are beneath you, right? And sometimes in the church we have people who come brand new, brand spanking new believers, and people have the mindset, "Oh, you don't know anything, so you listen to me. I'm not going to talk to you. I don't really listen to you. You don't, you know." And there becomes this hierarchy, and where where Paul is saying what Jesus is saying. No, we give greater honor to those. Who are weaker in the faith, so that we can help them, we can uplift them, and we can be the body of Christ. God has put it in that together. He says this in verse 26 So, one member, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together because we are one. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul is comparing us as individuals, as belonging to the larger body of Christ. As individual parts with larger specific roles to play and this connects to the disciples argument earlier in chapter 9 about who is greater and Paul says here we give more care more honor to those parts that need it so that there may be no division amongst us and each member would care for each other hopefully you're following if you're following me Give me an amen, give me a, a hand praise or a heart emoji or I don't know. Just say something if you're following what I'm saying. So if we jump back now to Jesus' words in chapter 9 and think about what he's saying here, it should be very challenging to us. And this is not something that we normally hear in the church preached But Jesus is saying something here that we need to listen to because we need to understand the severity of sin within the body of Christ. He says, if you, you and I, the body of Christ, cause new believers to stumble in their pursuit after Jesus, causing them to sin because of our foolishness, because of our selfish actions, it would be better for us, it would be better for me and for you to be cut out of the body rather than allow the entire body of Christ to be condemned to hell. Is that not powerful? Hopefully you hear the words, the seriousness of Jesus' words here. He's saying, my followers, my disciples, you have a huge responsibility to care for and look after those who are new to the faith. You have the responsibility to disciple those who are new to the faith, to care for them. To lead them in the right direction. So, your actions, your words, what you do in secret is important because you are not an island to yourself. You are not just you and Jesus pursuing after eternal life. No, it is us together. And what we do as us together matters. What we do individually when we come together as the body of Christ matters. And Jesus is wanting us to hear it. He's saying, We as his followers are not to be about ourselves, we are to be about the other. Here again, Jesus is reminding his church that our focus should not be on ourselves, it should be on the care and the welfare of others instead of our own selfish desires. And Jesus is saying here, if there is something, listen, if there is something or someone in your life that is causing you to sin, or at least pointing you in that direction to sin, he says, get rid of it. Get rid of it, or get rid of that person as soon as you can, no matter how painful it might be in this moment. He's saying, look, a momentary uh, point of pain now is far greater than, than pain and torment in hell for all eternity. He's saying, be mindful, church. You say you belong to me. Don't continue to dabble and mingle into sin because it is contaminating and destroying your testimony to those who are brand new in the faith. He says, be mindful, beware. This is a warning to us. He's saying the pain of removing something is temporary content- uh, compared to eternity of- in suffering in hell. Verse 49 says this to illustrate the point Jesus is saying. And he says, For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. What is Jesus talking about here? Because honestly, if you're following along, it it kind of doesn't make sense. It seems like Jesus is all over the place. He's talking about little ones. He's talking about chopping off body parts. Now he's talking about salt. Where is he leading here? Thank God that he has given us his Holy Spirit to understand what he is saying. He's given us his word, Old Testament, New Testament, to help decipher what Jesus is saying here in historical context. And and this is what Jesus is saying, really. If we know, we look at the Old Testament, we understand that salt and fire were used In the sacrifice and the purification process as the people of Israel would come to make sacrifices to God. Salt was used and fire was used. And he's saying, Jesus talking to his church here, you and I, which he paid for in his blood. His sacrifice was used as a a way to purify and cleanse us. So what he's saying to us is everyone, and he's speaking to the church, every one of you has been purified by me. We'll be purified by my blood, by my sacrifice. You have been salted with fire. That's what he's saying. My blood has purified you. Everyone who's in the church has been purified by my sacrifice. So by his blood, we have been salted with fire or purified. Everyone that belongs to Christ has been purified by him. If you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus says you are now made clean. You are now pure. You are now made righteous. Not because of our own actions, but because of His righteousness towards us because of His sacrifice cleanses us. Then He says this, Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Here's what we need to understand about salt. Pure salt will never lose its saltiness. Pure salt will never lose its saltiness. Do you know how salt loses its saltiness? When it gets mingled with other things. When at the chemical, at the core level of salt, when it becomes contaminated by other things, by something else other than itself, it is contaminated. It loses its saltiness. When salt connects with impurities around it and they're introduced to the salt, that's when salt loses its saltiness. This is what Jesus is saying here to his church. If I have purified you and you continue to mingle yourself with things that contaminate you, how will you make yourself salty again? How will you make yourself pure again? The key phrase here, if salt loses its flavor, he asked asked those who are listening, how will you make salt salty? Again, the answer to that question is you can't. It is impossible for you and I to purify ourselves. It's impossible for us to get our flavor back. Come on, somebody. Say, it's impossible to get my flavor back. How do we do it? Well, salt would have to be refined, to remove impurities and to make salt salty again. Who can do that? The refiner. Who is that? Jesus. Jesus is saying, if, you're, if you have been purified by me, but you continue to mingle with things, impurities that make you, uh, that contaminate your flavor, you will have to come back to me to become pure again. I can refine you. That's a good statement. That's a, that is a wonderful thing that Jesus is saying. How can you make yourself salty? You can't. I can help you. I can bring your flavor back. But here's the danger. And the point of Jesus' statement after saying, if anyone causes these little ones or these new people in the faith to stumble, then he says, if something's causing you to sin, cut it off, then he says, saltiness is what he's talking about. Here's the danger, here's the point. He's saying, if you continue to allow things in your life that cause you to sin or to drag you into sin, you will lose the flavor as a follower and you'll need to return to me to be purified. However, if you continue To give into sin, causing one of these new followers of Jesus to fall into sin, you might be cut off from the body. You might be cut off because you've lacked consent, you've lacked concern and care for others, and you've decided to completely indulge yourself. And if you continue to do that, and you think, Look, I'm not hurting anybody, and you continue to mingle with things that God has pulled you out of, And you come back to him, purify me on Sunday. I'm sorry, Jesus, I'm not going to do that again. Then you go back and you continue to mingle in it. Jesus is saying, look, what you do in secret affects others. And the life that you're living and the actions you take, if it causes someone who's brand new in the faith, who's young in the faith, who is a weaker weaker one in the body to stumble into sin, look, you might get cut off from the body. And if you're cut off, you can't come back to me again. That that is a, a scary statement. If that doesn't put the fear of God in you, I don't know what will. So Jesus is saying, look, I am merciful and I love you and I'm giving you time to repent. I'm giving you time to come clean. I'm giving you time to come seek me and turn from your sin so that you won't cause others to stumble as well. And today, church, that might, be, that might be the call that you're needing to hear today. This is a call for whoever is watching right now. Jesus is saying, I love you so much that I'm, uh, that I'm not willing to allow you to stay stuck in your secret sin. He's giving you an opportunity. He's giving us an opportunity today to run to him. This message is is serving as a warning to all of us who call Jesus our Lord and are saying, he's saying to all of us, wake up, wake up. This isn't a game. People's lives are hanging in the balance and we can't be uh, swept away in the indulgences of our flesh and think that we are representing Christ well. We can't continue to do whatever we wanna do and think it affects nobody. If you're causing someone who is new to the faith, they see what you're doing, they see the way you're living your life, and they think, oh, that's a, I can do that? Oh, I didn't know. I, I can continue to live this lifestyle and still have Jesus? Yeah, I want that. You cause them to stumble and sin because of your own selfish actions? Jesus is saying, hey, we might cut you off. You might not be a part of my body anymore because I would rather suffer the loss of you than to suffer all the loss of my body. I mean, that's heavy. He's saying today, it's time to come to Jesus. You need to have a come to Jesus moment because he is merciful and he is willing to purify you again. He is willing to remove the impurities again and give you a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. He wants to give you your flavor back. He wants to give you your flavor back. He wants to give you favor and flavor. But he's saying, don't hide it any longer. Don't keep it hidden anymore. He's saying, look, if you want to walk in purity, expose it. Cut it off from your life before you get cut off. I mean, when it really, honestly, when I was... Preparing this message, this shook me. This word shook my heart. It challenged my own thinking and my own perspective. And I was, as I was writing it and preparing it, I was thinking, is this too harsh? Is this too harsh of a word? Do I mean? Do I really even agree with all of this? And I felt like the Lord was saying, it's not harsh. It's not discouraging. This is not a word to discourage you. This is a word of hope. This is a word that says the time to repent is now. The time to find Jesus is now. So whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus says, get rid of it. And the reason you can get rid of it is because I've empowered you as followers of Jesus to do it. But first, recognize the severity of your sin. It is not a game. It is not something that we just say, you know what, I can do. This. I, can, I can. have Jesus on this side and I can do whatever I want to do and indulge my selfish desires and be a fool on this side and I can straddle the line. Jesus is saying you can't. You can't. Because you run the risk of not being a part of the body if you're going to cause people to stumble in their faith. Jesus is saying this is hope He is saying this is is a warning to people because there's still time, but we don't know how much time we all have. We don't know. The Bible tells us we're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that Jesus is saying, check yourself, look at your life. Jesus is merciful. He is patient. He is long-suffering. But he has given his body those who know him, a warning that must be taken seriously because we are his reputation in the world, representation in the world. And we're called to disciple and care for those who are coming to faith in him. To do that, we have to understand our own responsibilities. Now, the intent of this isn't to make you withdraw from Jesus. If you hear this word and you think, I'm out, that's not the intent of this message. I don't, know, I don't know how you would hear that, but if the enemy is trying to lie to you and say, no, you're stuck in your sin, you're never going to get out of it, that's not the word today. The word today is this. Draw close to Jesus. Draw near to him in your time of need. Confess whatever is dragging you back into sin, whatever it is, cut it off. It's not worth your life for eternity. He's saying, come and follow me. This word is to help us draw closer to him and help us see the severity, the importance of understanding what sin can do within the body of Christ, especially within his church, and he's calling us to a higher place in him. The challenge this morning is for all of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus to examine our lives, to examine our heart. Have you lost your flavor? Has your walk with Jesus been interrupted or contaminated with your own desires and your own indulgences in this life? Have you sought after your own pleasures more than you have sought after Jesus? And if, if someone who new to the faith or someone who's even seasoned in the faith who saw your life, would it cause them also to stumble? Jesus is saying, be be, be, aware. be mindful, You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You belong to Jesus. You belong, we belong to each other in the body of Christ. Whatever the cause may be that has led you to sin, and no matter how painful it would be to remove it from your life, Jesus is saying today to you and I, that it is better to go through the pain of exposing it and removing it than it would be to spend eternity in torment. Anytime Scripture tells us, look, you know when you're doing something wrong, you don't want want people to know it, you're ashamed, you're embarrassed, so you keep it hidden. Jesus is saying, you keep it hidden, it's going to lead you to death. Expose it. It'll be painful. It'll be hard, definitely. But it's better than to spend eternity in torment. He's saying, be mindful of your walk with me today. This message today is for the body of Christ to wake up. Our God is merciful, but he's also just. And the time for games is over. As Jesus shared this message to his disciples on this journey to the cross, he knew that his time was drawing close. And as I share his words to you today, I I am reminded, and I'm hoping that you are being reminded right now that our time is drawing close and that we're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day that we need to draw close to Jesus and do the hard things in pursuit of Him. So as a follower of Jesus today, I want to help you take seriously this word of repentance. In fact, if we were here in person right now, we would normally have you respond by opening up the altars. Worship team would come and we would have you come to confess and to believe and to repent so we could pray with you and agree with you that the power of the enemy would be broken in your life and help you set up structures to help you cut that thing off. But we're not here in, in person. And I can't pray with you individually no matter how much I would love to have us all here together. But what we can do is if there's something in your life right now that you need to confess and say, I want to cut this off. I want to get rid of this because I don't want this to destroy me or to cause others to stumble. And then I want you to reach, there should be a link right now there to our eConnect cards. And you can go there and enter a prayer request right now. And in that prayer request, I would just want you to write down what you want to confess and I'll make sure that none, no one else on our team sees that. I'll look at those personally, and I'll connect with you, help you, help set up a structure and a plan to help you overcome those things in your life and cut them off, because Jesus wants his church to remain walking in his righteousness and his purity. No one else will see it, and we'll address those things together, and we'll help each other, and I'll help you walk in freedom for those who do not have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus gave this warning to his church on your behalf. Those of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus, but this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ, this message is for his church to understand the importance and the value of your life. And he wants to make sure the way we are living our lives does not cause you to turn away from God, but to turn towards him. He's saying today is your day to come and be a part of the body, to, 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 to have new life, to walk in freedom, to walk in wholeness. And this is an opportunity for you right now. He is giving a warning to us, his church, on your behalf, because he doesn't want you to continue to stumble into sin. He wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to know his love, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, that he died for you so that you could be set free, and you could walk in new life. And Jesus is doing that on your behalf. So right now, under the sound of my voice, if you have never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray with you. So right now, wherever you're at, would you say this prayer with me? And if you have at the end of this prayer Just make a comment there. I prayed that prayer, or even go to the eConnect card and let us know. I prayed this prayer of salvation, and Jesus is touching my heart. Let's pray together. Lord, say, Jesus, I give you my life. I put my trust in you. Come and make me new. I turn from my sin. I turn from a life of doing things my own way because it hasn't worked for me. I give you my life today. You are the Son of God. You died for my sin, and I accept you now. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, make sure fill out that econnect card at the link that's posted there or write i pray that prayer and give us some information way we can connect with you we want to help you in this journey for the rest of us as followers of Jesus this is a challenging word it's a heavy word but i want us to search our hearts to see if we've lost any flavor and if there's something going on in our lives that would cause us and cause, cause our our actions would cause others to stumble we need to be mindful it's not just about us, it's about others. So I want to pray with you a word of encouragement and a word of life because Jesus is giving us hope. He's saying, come to me and I can cleanse you. Expose it so that you can walk in freedom. Let me pray. Jesus, right now I pray for every believer, God, who's hearing this message. That Jesus, their desire is to serve you. But, God, they've been mingled in with other things, and there there are other things that have been attached to them that are drawing them into sin. They know what it is. They know that it's wrong, God. But they've not made the decision to cut it off and walk away from it or to expose it and to seek the help they need. And so I pray, Jesus, right now for boldness and for courage, for men and women of Christ to stand up and say, enough is enough. I'm not going to continue to live my life this way. I'm going to live a life that is pure and holy to God. I'm going to walk in the righteousness that has been given to me by Jesus. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to continue to have a foothold in my life that would not only cause me to sin, but cause others to sin as well. Jesus, now come and move in us. Holy Spirit, come and refine us, Jesus, with your fire. Purify us. Help us to expose it before we're exposed. Help us to cut it off before we're cut off. Jesus, do it now. We ask for your mercy and your grace. Jesus, we need you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. it helps us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. God bless.